Nehemiah chapter 2. In the month of Nisan, in the 20th year of King Artaxerxes, when wine was before him, I took up the wine and gave it to the king. Now I had not been sad in his presence. And the king said to me, Why is your face sad, seeing you are not sick? This is nothing but sadness of the heart. Then I was very much afraid. I said to the king, Let the king live forever. Why should not my face be sad when the city, the place of my father's graves, lies in ruins and its gates have been destroyed by fire? Then the king said to me, What are you requesting? So I prayed to the God of heaven, and I said to the king, If it pleases the king, and if your servant has found favor in your sight, that you send me to Judah, to the city of my father's graves, that I may rebuild it. And the king said to me, the queen sitting beside him, How long will you be gone, and when will you return? So it pleased the king to send me when I had given him a time. And I said to the king, If it pleases the king, let letters be given me to the governors of the province beyond the river, that they may let me pass through until I come to Judah. And a letter to Asaph, the keeper of the king's forest, that he may give me timber to make beams for the gates of the fortress of the temple, and for the wall of the, t of the city, and for the house that I shall occup occupy. And the king granted me what I asked, for the good hand of my God was upon me. <clears throat> you know, there's many... I'm borrowing this from somebody I either read or heard, but, but there, there are many, many scenes, if not all, in, in, the, in the biblical, the narrative accounts that would make such great movies. You know, the, the, the Ten Commandments is probably the best known, but there's, there's been many others. And, and this passage to me would, would be... Uh, a, a, a great movie. And, and, and think of just the, you know, I don't want you to cast the characters, but, but just think about if you were watching this as a movie or if you were uh, a fly on the wall, as they say, and, and seeing this happen. You know, sometimes that when, when we get into the exile period, uh, Daniel... Eh, we're familiar with Daniel, but but Ezra, Nehemiah, Esther—it's—it's not—we're not as familiar with it as as other parts of the Bible, the Gospels or 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 Acts, uh, and, and so. But still, think I've, I pretend you don't know what's going to happen, and maybe you don't. Maybe it's been a week since you read it, and you've already forgotten it. Uh, or, or maybe it's been years, and just, just think, okay, Nehemiah is living this, you know, as it happens. He, he, he doesn't know what's going to happen a minute from now, an hour from now, uh, you know, 12 years from now. So he's walking through this, and, and, and picture it sort of as a movie. Here we have a, another one of, of God's people going before the ruler of the, of the world, the, the physical world. You know, like think of, think of all of, of even before Nehemiah, those, those children of, of God who have, been, have, have gone before the, the great ruler. Joseph going before Pharaoh 
Then, then when Joseph uh, brings his family to Egypt, Jacob goes before Pharaoh. Jacob actually blessed Pharaoh, the greater blessing the, the lesser, even though Pharaoh is, is, is the ruler of the world then. Moses before Pharaoh, Daniel and the different kings that he went uh, in, in front of. The, the Apostle Paul, and, you know, he appeals to Caesar, and he's, he's before different governors. And so, so here's just one other account of, of and, and Nehemiah is just, many say just a layman, you know, that he has a high position in the court of Artaxerxes, but he's just a, a, a common man, and he's, he's, his job is to go into the great king of the great Persian empire. And, he, and, he, and, and this, this chapter begins with, in the month of Nisan, in the 20th year of Artaxerxes, he takes up the wine and, he, and he's going to give, the, the, take the king his wine. And we know when we, when we, when we skip down that the, the queen is sitting there with the, with the king, with Artaxerxes. So it's probably a sort of a, an informal setting. That if it were a, a big banquet, he, he would have told us, I think. But also the queen, the women didn't go to the banquets. So it's, so it's sort of an informal time, maybe just the, the king and the queen, and, the, and they're sitting there, and, and they both know Nehemiah. At the end of chapter 1, we, we were introduced to, he told us his occupation, uh, the last verse of chapter 1, now I was a cupbearer to the king. And then, he said, so, and then he skips. How much does he skip in the month of Nisan? You know, you have to look this up because we don't know the, the, the months of the Jewish calendar. You know, we may remember, it's kind of starting to sink in, Nisan is the first month of, of the Jewish year. Now, of the Jewish religious year. But, so, but when did chapter 1 happen? You know, in, in, the, in, in verse 1, chapter 1, it says, in the month of Chislev, in the 20th year. And now all of a sudden we're in the month of Nisan. Four months have gone by between the end of chapter 1 and the beginning of chapter 2. What has Nehemiah been doing for those four months? What was he doing in chapter 1? He was fasting and praying. Why? Because probably his brother, or somebody with the same name as his brother that we meet in chapter 7, came from Jerusalem. He said, how are things going? He said, it's bad. The walls have not been rebuilt. You know, it's been over a hundred years. Okay, my math is going to fail me. It's been... a quite a while since they went back. Not quite a hundred years. We're in about 445 B.C. Cyrus sent them back in 536 B.C. So 90-something years since they, since they went back to Jerusalem. The walls are still not built. They have built the temple. But there's no protection from those other nations around them, marauders or, or whoever, to, to protect them. And it's just the, the walls are still in, in shambles. 
And so he was, he was deeply moved and he wept and, 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 and mourned and then he prayed. Now four months have gone by and I think that, that Nehemiah was probably praying those four months. He's facing what? It, it seems like an impossible task. If we haven't been able to rebuild these walls in all these years, I, are we ever going to get them rebuilt? And, and, and how am I going to go except <coughs> talking this king into letting me go? It's an impossible task. So he takes the wine in to King Artaxerxes, and he, and he, and he kind of adds a, a, a little footnote maybe. I hadn't been sad in his presence previously. It was not a good thing to be sad when you went into the king's presence. I mean, these are the, 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 the Persian kings. They could, if, if someone displeased them, remember you didn't go into the king without being invited. We learned that in, in the book of Esther. I mean, you go into the, to the king's throne room and you haven't been invited, they, that more than likely they're going to drag you out in two pieces. You know, your head in one hand and the rest of you in another, that you could be, you could be executed on the spot for just barging in to, to the king. That it was almost as bad to go in with, with a sad look or, or, or countenance but before the, 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 the king. That there were there, there's pictures, artwork depicting uh, the Persian king, uh, throne room. That, 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 that show uh, the, the other people with their hands over their face so as not to defile the, the air that the king is breathing. And, and the kings would think that being in my presence is enough to make everybody happy. You know, that, that, that you, they shouldn't come in here sad because I am the great king. And so that should just lift everybody up. And so he, he hasn't been sad before. What has he been doing? He's been fasting and praying, mourning. Somehow he's kept that from the king. Maybe, maybe it was just a, a rotation of the cupbearers, but, but, but I think that somehow he's been able to put on a good face when he went in there. And now something has moved him. And we know what. It's, it's, it's God has moved him on this day and he just can't get past this, this sadness that, that, he, that he's feeling because of the condition of, of Jerusalem. And he says, why are you sad? The king says, why are you sad? You're not, you're not sick. I can tell you, there's nothing wrong with you. you just, you're just down. Look at his, Nehemiah's response. Before he speaks, he says, I was very much afraid. He, kn he knows that he's, he, 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 he could face death for going in. You know, you don't want to be Debbie Downer, one, one writer said, going into the king, that, that he, he wants to be in a good mood. I don't need all these people with, you know, negative attitudes around me. It kind of reminds me of Donald Sutherland in that uh, Kelly's Heroes. It was a World War II movie. And, and, and Donald Southern, was, he was kind of like a hippie in the 40s. And he was like, 
oh man, I don't need these negative vibes. Just all, all through the movie. Anybody would say something down, okay, maybe you didn't see the movie, but, it, but he's, he's like, I don't need this. You know, get away from me. You're, you're sad. And so he would, Nehemiah is, is legitimately afraid that, that he's going to face the king's wrath. And, and so he begins to speak. Let the king live forever. We've heard that phrase, you know, through, through Daniel. And, and, and it seems like anytime anybody went before the king, they said, let the king live forever. You know, might as well try just a little bit of last minute, you know, kissing up and, and, and getting on his good side. And then he, but then he begins to explain, why shouldn't I be sad when the city and the place of my father's graves lies in ruins? Then, it, then in antiquity, may, maybe even in, in our time, but, but in antiquity, it seems to me that they, they uh, revered the tombs, the graves of their ancestors, maybe beyond what we do. I mean, we, we think about it, but I, I don't know that we uh, have, have, maybe some people do, but they really, the, the Jews and, 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 and a lot of the people in the Middle East, they, they revered those tombs, those places. And so he's, he's kind of explaining it in a way that Artaxerxes is going to understand. And he says the gates have been, have been, burned with fire. Verse 4, what, what can Artaxerxes say? He can say, get this guy out of here, bring up cupbearer number two. I don't want this sadness. But he says, what are you requesting? What can I do? I mean, ne Nehemiah knows that, well, what, is, what does Nehemiah do? He says, so I prayed to the God of heaven. It's one of those arrow prayers, you know. And, and, and one writer said, well, you can pray this way when you're already prayed up. That he's been praying for four months for the situation. And now the king says, what do you want? When we see what he asked for, it's like one last prayer, just, you know, God, give me favor, give me mercy in the sight of, what did he say, what did he call him in chapter 1? This man. You know, Nehemiah had been praying and, and, and asking God's favor. He said, grant me mercy in the sight of this man. Then at the time, we, well, we knew it was the king, but Nehemiah just said, this man. Now, now Nehemiah prays one last time to the God of heaven. Hey, verse 5, look at what he asked for. And, he, and he's still very reverent to the king. If it pleases the king, and if your servant has found favor in his eye, that you send me to Judah, to the city of my father's graves, that I might rebuild it. So he asked him, and, and he is a, in a high position. He's, he's a trusted friend, confidant. He tastes the king's wine, his food. And, he, and he's, he's, so far he's been pretty good at his job because the king hadn't been poisoned. And so he, he doesn't want to, to lose him. He says, what is it that you want? And he says, I, if I found favor in your sight, let me go back to the city of my fathers. Look at verse 6. He doesn't have to think about it. He says, 
How long are you going to be gone? And when will you return? He's already saying yes. You know, how long are you going to be gone? And when are you going to return? So Nehemiah knows that he has found favor in the sight of the king, which he had been asking God to grant him. And Nehemiah knows from whence the favor came, that, it, that it's the good hand of God on, on him. How long will you be gone and when will you return? So it pleased the king to send me when I had given him a time. We don't know the time that he told him. Now, when we read through the chapter, we, we learn in, in, in chapter 5 and then 13 that Nehemiah actually goes back to Persia 12 years later. Now, does he tell him at this time, uh, I'll just be there 12 years and then I'll come back. I mean, that's kind of, kind of a request, right? Or, or maybe he told him a year. We don't know that he didn't go back in some interim time, but that he, he becomes governor after a while, and he stays there 12 years, and then he, 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 he goes back, and then he comes back again. But we don't really know what that time period is. Or maybe he, maybe he said, oh, I need a year. I'm going to go, then I'm going to come back. And maybe he sent word and said, okay, I need an extension. We, we don't really know, but he, he tells him, and it, and it pleased the king to send him. Verse 7 and 8, then he, he expands on what he wants the king to give him. He wants permission to go, but then verse 7 said, Let letters be given to me to the governors of the province beyond the river that they may let me pass through when I come to Judah. You know, he's over here in Persia. He's going, the province beyond the river, it's the Euphrates River. So it's this vast territory going across the northern part of Arabia and then uh, Jordan, Israel, Samaria's up here. And he wants letters telling the, 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 the leaders, the governors, that it's okay for him to, 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 to go and to be there. And then he says in a letter to Asaph, the keeper of the king's forest, that he may give me timber. And he wants, he wants, Asaph is a Jewish name, by the way. And so he's, you know, God's already placed this keeper of the forest of the Persian king. We don't know if this is in Lebanon or, or some other area where they would get uh, timber, lumber but that God's already placed another one of his children in that position to, to help the, the, the nation as they rebuild the walls. And Nehemiah wants, I think it's three things that he asked the king for a letter for the wood to build. It looks like three things. To make beams for the gates of the fortress of the temple, for the wall around the city, and then check out that last one and the house that I'm going to occupy. It, is that not extraordinary? That he, he asked him, and give me wood so I can build my own house. I, I think it, it shows his faith in God sending him back to Jerusalem. He's like, I'm going to, and we saw the same thing in Ezra. You know, let us go back 
And, and, and the king says, I'm going to let you go back. I'm going to even give you the money to do it. And I'm going to pay for the sacrifices that God provides. That, that, that when God sends somebody to do a work, he provides. You know, that, that God's never lacking a servant to do his work. And then he provides for that, that servant, for what he needs. So he says, the king granted me what I asked why? Because the king of kings, the good hand of my God was upon me. That, that Nehemiah doesn't say the king provided me with what I asked because I was an eloquent speaker and, and I just knew when to ask, you know. I, I put a little extra in his <laughs> wine glass so he picked. No, he says, God gave me favor in, in his sight. I think it's probably pleasing in here that he doesn't specifically mention the name of the city where he's going, Jerusalem. And you wonder if it's not because back in Ezra that the letter was sent by Artaxerxes to those in the <clears throat> I don't know. I hadn't thought about that, but I, w I was halfway through it. Just one second, Barbara. When I realized, oh my gosh, I forgot all about that. I mean, I didn't forget it, but I just forgot to loop that part in on why he was afraid. So we're going to do that now, but, but go ahead. You know, well, I was noticing that he was prepared to go before the king, but what made him able to do it and remember everything he needed was his months of prayer. He was prepared. His, his prayer time prepared him, prepared uh, his heart, prepared the king even. But, but back up a little bit. He says that he was afraid. You know, it's not good to be sad in front of the king, but also just, just like Carla was saying, remember in, in Ezra, and it's in chapter 4, that they, they had begun building the temple, and they had all this opposition. And in Ezra chapter 4, it's kind of a, a, a different, it's not, it's, not exactly, it's in chronological order, but it's all not happening like in, 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 in consecutive days. That, that he says that, that the work stopped, and, and then, then Ezra began to re recall the opposition. In, in, in Ezra 4, verse 6, he says, In the reign of Ahasuerus, they wrote an accusation against the inhabitants of Ju Judah. Well, Ahasuerus is Xerxes, is Artaxerxes' daddy. So that's years after what's really going on in chapter 4. But then in, chapter, in verse 7 of chapter 4, in the days of Artaxerxes. So, so Ezra, for some reason, what, was showing us all of this opposition, that it, it didn't just start and then end. 
that, some, that the, the work of the Lord is sometimes opposed for decades, even centuries, that, that Satan does not stop opposing God's work and God's plan of, of salvation. And so in the days of, of Artaxerxes, these leaders sent a letter to Persia telling the, the king, search the records, this is a rebellious city. You've got to stop this work. If they build this wall, they're, they're never going to pay tolls, customs, tolls, or taxes. I mean, that's one way, you know, get a king or a politician's attention. It's like, oh, the, you know, you can't tax them anymore. They're, they're, they're going to quit paying taxes. I mean, that get, you know, they just break out in hives and, and start shaking and, and, and get very angry. And, and so Artaxerxes, they checked and said, yeah, they have rebelled a few times against Nebuchadnezzar. That's why he destroyed the, the, the city. And so Artaxerxes himself had made a decree that the work was to stop. But like Carla said, until I say it otherwise, until I make a command. And so it, it had stopped. So Nehemiah is going into the guy that stopped the work. So how do you do that in a movie? You know, does he talk to himself? Is he, is he praying that? Like, God, I've got to talk to Artaxerxes. I think he prayed about that very thing. God, I'm, I've got to talk to him, and he's the one who made the decree that the work had to stop. It's a hopeless situation, right? Until you put God in the equation, that, it, that, it's, that, that, that nothing is, is, is hopeless. When God is in, in the equation, God is, is in control. And so he, he, he goes in and we see what happens. I think... We'll stop there, and we'll just we'll start in verse nine next week, and then maybe um, read. We're not going to read it, but 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 sort of incorporate chapter three, unless somebody wants to pre-read it and then volunteer to read chapter three. Um, that 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 would be okay. But what can we what can we glean from this? I, I came across. Uh, I think it was in Dr. Constable notes, and it was it was a quote uh, from G. Campbell Morgan, and it said that seemingly impossible things are possible through prayer. And then we're going to see next week hard work when people determine to trust and obey God when they put His interests first. And, and, and then he kind of continues and he says, like Nehemiah, we live in dark times. That opposition to God's work, to the work of, uh, of, of Christ is, is at a high point. That, that there's, there's a, a lack of enthusiasm for God's work even among the, the, his children, among the church. There's disloyalty, disobedience to his, to, his, uh, to his word. And he says, like Nehemiah, we have to walk by faith, that we need to trust God, do our work faithfully, and leave the future to him. Now, 
G. Campbell Morgan, have you heard of him? Okay, he wrote that in 1912, and I'm like, that, that just always blows me away when, when you, you know, somebody's reading, writing something, or you're reading something, it's like, oh man, this guy's, he's, he's a contemporary, you know, where is he? Is he on the radio? Can I find him? G. Campbell, he, he wrote that in 1912. That's 109 years ago. And, he's, and, and then he said, we live in dark times. So maybe things really weren't that good in the good old days, that since the Garden of Eden, that, that Satan has been opposing God, and that man has sinned and dishonored God. And, and what was it that Corey said this morning? Sin destroys but Jesus delivers. And then I, th I, th I felt like Coy, Corey, there's a lot of Corey, Coy, Cody. They, they all get, you know, kind of, you know who I'm talking about, the preacher, Corey. He said, when was the last time you mourned the sin of the world? When was the last time you mourned your own sin? It's like, that's right out of, Nehemiah chapter 1 and 2. And, he, and that's from Revelation. I mean, it just shows you again just the cohesiveness and unity of God's work. These 66 books that are, that are all one. God's, God's word. And, 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 and G. Campbell Morgan says, we have to walk by faith. No matter how impossible things may seem. You can turn on the news or talk radio and it seems impossible the things that our nation is facing today from a human standpoint. But put God in the equation and it's not impossible. You know, it, it, he knows what's going on. But have we prayed like Nehemiah? God, we can't fix this thing, but you can. Raise up leaders that will return to you. Forgive our nation of, 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 of our sin. And you, and you could pray four months just listing the sin of our nation. I mean, starting with me, my sin. But then go into, you know, abortion and racism and whatever. Just, it, you could list so many things. That, when was the last time that we actually mourned over our sinful condition and our, our nation's sinful condition and asked God to heal us, you know, to lead us, even within the church? You know, you think of, look at the other all denominations and the battles and the fights that they have. You know, the, the United Methodists fighting over, are we going to allow homosexual pastors? And it's probably going to split that denomination. And, and I think we have our head in the sand if we think that very same fight is not coming to Baptist churches, that it's, that it's going that way. We'll start in verse 9 next week. Any, any, give me your observations of Nehemiah, John. I hate to do this to you, but you mispronounced a word a little bit. 
And it's, it's so good I'm going to steal it because it's, it's appropriate for all of us. I think you meant to say prepared, but it sounded like prepared to me. And I liked it. Did I say that? It's probably just your Sometimes my genius just comes out and, and <laughs> <laughs> pre-prayed. Well, thank you. And I didn't even know I did it. I was probably starting to say prepared. Okay, pre-prayed. I'm going to write it down. I'm going to get my highlighter when I get home and try to make that part of every week. Impressed Mary. She's so impressed with me anyhow. (laughs) And if I want her to know I said that, I will tell her, okay? Yeah, pre-pray it. What is it? You know, sometimes a blind squirrel finds an acorn. So, uh, what? What else? Any anything else before we? I'm just thinking about Nehemiah's prayer and praying for four months, and you were talking about that arrow prayer. And I wonder if um, something I do sometimes out there. Okay, God, here's what I think, because He knows what I think anyway. But I want to do Your will. If it's Your will for me to say something, You bring about the time and help me to know without a doubt that it's Yours. And I just wonder if over four months, then when the King said, "Boom," God impressed on his heart, "This is the opportunity I'm giving you," and He says, "Give me the words." Yeah. Yeah. Could you wait that long, or would you? You're saying you'd have just busted right in. The <laughs> yeah. Why did he pick? Did he pick this day, or was his heart just so heavy that he couldn't hide his sadness? And you know, that maybe God had moved him more. He's just oblivious to it. Yeah, could be. I mean, because he's a man after all. It could take him that long to... And a king. And a king. And you said that, not us. (laughs) I did. I'll admit it. Nina. I'm sure, yeah, if you think about it, write it down. But it's like what Terry was saying and Mary was saying, sometimes, you know, it's it's God's perfect timing. This happened right when it was supposed to happen. 
and maybe we've prayed it, and all of a sudden you realize, and you shoot up that arrow prayer of, you know, okay, give me the, the words to say to this person. Let's pray, and then we'll go our way. Father, we thank you for your word. God, we thank you for the example that we learned from Nehemiah about just the seriousness of sin and our attitude of sin, that we should mournfully repent of our sin, but also, God, that you move throughout history, even in our day, in seemingly impossible situations. God, may we be faithful prayer warriors for our, our community, our church, our nation, the world, and just wait for your timing, whether it be the, the special time that you've set aside for us to share the gospel with someone we, we meet, God, to bring our nation back to repentance. God, may we just be faithful prayer warriors and, until that time. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.